In Jesus' name we pray. Gracious Father, once again, our hearts are filled with the love and gratitude unto you, with your presence. Father, we thank you that your presence is among each and every one of us. Lord, it is you who is speaking to us. Continue to speak to us even in, the right, in this time. Lord, it is you who is going to minister to us. Let your anointing be upon each and every one of us. Lord, to receive a word as you want us to be. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. Praise the Lord. Every word came to everybody. I believe that all of you are in a receiving process. Very few acknowledged. I believe that all of you are in the receiving, uh, the process of receiving. Praise God. Today God has kept something new because it is, uh, he confirms me even in the past few days or a week. And that is the message I feel that God wants us to receive today. Today the title of the message is The Anointing of the Holy Spirit. Nowadays, everywhere, everyone, very often using this word, anointing, especially among the believer circle. So let us briefly meditate from the word of God. What is anointing? How has to be anointed? And who has to be anointed? And by whom to be anointed? And why to be anointed? Because in the past week when I come across some people, they ask some of the questions. And also followed by the last Saturday when we heard, I read this portion, very specially Luke 4 verse 11, 1, 14 to 21. At the same evening, God confirmed that word through our intercessory prayer. And followed by on the last week tonight, Pastor also took the message about the anointing. So these are all, there are five words, just I took few, very, only two. The first word, masak, a verb, that means to anoint, smear, consecrate. It is a common word in both ancient and the modern world. It comes approximately 70 times in the Hebrew Old Testament. That means, to authorize or setting apart a person for a particular work or service. Of you, I hope you will understand that. Amen? Second one is, Messiah, an adjective. Anointed, that means anointed. It is found 39 times in the Old Testament itself. That means an anointed or consecrated. A person or thing for a particular work or service.
the word is found first time in the old testament is genesis chapter 31 verse 13 genesis verse chapter 31 verse 13 i am the god of bethel where you anointed the pillar so the anointing is about the pillar this illustrates the idea of anointing something that is on an act of consecration that means to as i say to authorize or setting apart even when you look at exodus chapter 40 verses 9 to 14 let us read the portion turn your bibles to exodus chapter 40 verses from 9 to 15 take the anointing oil and anoint tabernacle and everything in it consecrate it and all its furnishings and it will be holy then anoint the altar a burnt offering and all its utensils consecrate the altar and it will be most holy 11 anoint the basin and its stand and consecrate them bring Aaron and his sons to the entrance to the tent of meeting and wash them with water then dress Aaron in the sacred garments anoint him and consecrate him so he may serve me as priest bring his sons and dress them in tunics anoint just as you anointed their father so they may serve me as priest their anointing will be a priesthood that will be that will continue for all the generations to come the scripture is very clear anointing of the things anointing of the people means setting apart consecrate them for one purpose what does it mean what does it mean what is the purpose make them to be holy that is your bible you don't see that it's not in your bible it's not in your bible look at your bible in every word verse 9 they ends up with it will be holy set apart consecrated then it will be holy even the verse 10 it says it will be the altar will be most holy so how many times the words are repeated here on night on night on consecrate and make it holy because what because of our god is holy i think the powerpoint i made it is not as it was there is something that i entered the sound 
I don't know, that is stopped up. That could have, instead of you, even the PowerPoint could have made noise. God setting apart, consecrating the things and the people, make them holy because our God is holy. Anointing is nothing but that is a just a significant or it is a symbol of be making them holy by the Spirit of God. That will come later. Anointing in the Old Testament would be a meaning setting apart as we know. When they anointing of the people or for three kind of people, for three offices, they were anointed. They are the chosen one. So the people of these different offices where God anointed are Number one, the kings. Kings are the shepherds. Slide four. Kings, the shepherds, to take care of the people. Secondly, the priest, the mediator between God and the people. Thirdly, prophets. Speaking the oracle of the word of God. So, Old Testament records, nobody held all three offices together. Whereas, people held through two offices minimum. The anointing was done by pouring the oil of anointing on the head of the person. Insufficient quantity that drips from air to toe. Almost soaking his clothes. That's what we read in Psalm 133, verse 2 and 3. Let us look at your Bible. Psalm 133, verse 2 and 3. It is like a precious oil poured on the head, running down on the beard, running down on Aaron's beard, down upon the collars of his robes, it is as if the dew of Hormon were falling on Mount Zion. For there the Lord bestows his blessings, even life forevermore. That is the way to anoint a person. Even the psalmist says, as we read in Psalm 23 verse 5, You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. In Acts 2, 4 we read, All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. They were all anointed. Not only that, kings, as I said, kings were set apart to the ritual of anointing which was performed by the prophet who acted in God's power and authority. We know in 1 Samuel chapter 15 verse 1, anointed person belongs to God in a special sense. That is Samuel. And he anointed Saul the king, that we know from 1 Samuel 26. David as a king, 
second samuel 22:51 and solomon second chronicles 6:46 and the prophet the old testament also records two instances of anointing of a prophet elisha was anointed to be the prophet if you look, read the scripture 1 king 19:16 even how god used the prophet to anoint the kings and also the anointing of the elisha so this is the process followed in the old testament how the anointing of the persons and the offices for the purposes this is what in old testament what about the new testament anointing in the new testament in the new testament all three offices are found together in one person who is that amen in our lord jesus christ he was but he was not anointed by the oil but by the holy spirit now you know the changes anointing means it is not with the oil now we are anointed by the holy spirit of god in saul luke 4:18 to 19 that is my key word for this day let us stand to our bible luke chapter 4 let me read it from 14 itself then jesus returned in the power of the spirit to galilee and news of him went out through all surrounding region and he taught in the synagogues being glorified by all so he came to nazareth where he had been brought up and as his custom was he went into the synagogue on the sabbath day and stood up to read and he was handed to book of the prophet isaiah and when he had opened the book he found the place where it was written the spirit of the lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor he has sent me to heal the broken hearted to proclaim liberty to the captive and recovery of the sight of the blind to set at liberty those who are oppressed to proclaim the acceptable year of the lord then he closed the book and gave it back to the attendant and sat down and the eyes of all who were in the synagogue were fixed on him and he began to say to them today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing also in isaiah 65 verse 1 in these scriptures what it says commonly the spirit of the lord is upon me because he has anointed me 
to preach the gospel to the poor. So what are the things he are mentioned? Next. Now what are the things he are mentioned? First of all, the anointing is given to preach the gospel to the poor so that it will bring revelation of God's love to those who are seeking. You can refer Luke 6, 19-20 as well. The anointing, secondly, the anointing is given to heal and restore people. Acts 10, 36-38 Thirdly, the anointing is given to proclaim freedom to the captives. Second Timothy chapter 2, 24-26 The anointing is given to open blind eyes. Second Corinthians chapter 4, 2 and 3 Sorry, three to four. The anointing, fifthly, the anointing is given to set people free. That is John eight thirty six. The anointing flows in God's timing and also proclaims God's timing. Ephesians two verse ten. We are not. Read all the scriptures just for you to note it down the reference I have given because of the time. So this message is known to us because we heard many times. The anointing has been promised by the Lord to everyone who believes in Him. It is not as it was in the time of Old Testament. Very particular time, very particular day and very particular people, those who are selected to be anointed. But in the world, in the New Testament time, in these days, it will be for each and every one of us. Amen? Shall we read Acts 2, 17 to 18? Acts 2. And it shall come to pass in the last days, says God, that I will pour out my Spirit on flesh, on all flesh, your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, your young men shall see visions, your old men shall dream dreams, and on my Men servants and on my maid servants, I will pour out my spirit in those days and they shall prophesy. Is it not true? This was prophesied even from the Old Testament by Joel and it is fulfilled in the New Testament time on, at, on the day of Pentecost. So everyone received. Is there anyone is left? Is there anyone is left? 
Anyone is left? I think you are left. That is why you don't say no. Those who are kept silent, I believe you are left there. Do you believe that? Anyone is left? Have you opened your Bible? Kept your Bible open? Look at your Bible. And it shall come to pass in the last days, says God, that I will pour out my Spirit on all are you on flesh? Praise the Lord. We are in the presence of God. Amen? God has kept something for you to know. So in the New Testament, in these days, it is for every one of us. All who are as the Christ's disciples are said to be anointed. They are God's very own. The next slide. Eight. Yes. Okay. Revelation 5.10 And has made us unto our God kings and priests, and we shall reign on the earth. That is the promise of God. What it says, God has called us as a kings and the priests and we shall reign on the earth. I hope, I think we are not interested to reign on the earth. We wanted to reign on our own. It is God's promise. In the last days it will happen because the promise of God is there. Let us turn to 1 Peter 2.9. What it says? But you are the chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belongs to God, that you may declare the praises of Him who called you out of darkness into His marvelous light. So, we are all called to speak the word of God and we prophesy as we speak it. Do you believe this word? This is the word of God. This, this word is in your hand. God has given you. He speaks about you and me. Who are you in the presence of God? Who are you in the sight of God? What God called you? You are a chosen people. Belongs to God. A royal priesthood and a holy nation. Is it not wonderful? Is it not exciting you? And if you are so, you are the one, according to today's word, you are anointed. Sleeping. It is good in the, under the AC, and when the outside is very hot, it is good to sleep. Good atmosphere. Is it? Who are you? What the Bible says about you? You are a chosen people. And a royal priesthood. A holy nation. A people belongs to God. That means 
you are anointed by God. Praise the Lord. Now your eyes are open. I think so. In Acts 2.38, Peter replied, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The other word added here. It is not only the Holy Spirit. It is the gift that you are supposed to receive it. When only you repent for your sins. That is the only condition. That is the only condition. If you repent of your sins and be baptized, then you will receive the gift. Galatians 3, 26 and 27 You are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. For all of you who are baptized into Christ have clothed yourselves with Christ. Romans 8.14 says, Because those who are led by the Spirit of God are the sons of God. If you say that you are the sons and daughters of God, that means you are all led by the Spirit of God. Is it not happy? Are you not happy today? You are led by the Spirit of God. That's why you are sitting here as a sons and daughters of God in his house. Amen? Why God anointed priests, kings and prophets? That we already have seen. Kings to shepherd over the people. The priests to meditate as a mediator between God and the people. Prophets speaking the God's word to the people. Though it seems different purposes, but in general, it is to communicate with his people. You and me are called, chosen, anointed to communicate with the people. Agreed? If you agree, say Amen to that. In the New Testament, why are God anointed us by filling the Holy Spirit? Few more things, very briefly we can see. God anointed, or the anointing of the Holy Spirit is for witnessing, or to proclaim the gospel. It means, the anointing gives us power, authority, Boldness and confidence to preach the word of God. If we agree that we are anointed, we should have all these things accompanied as a passage. Do you believe that? Unless you have it, you can. it is impossible to believe. What are the things? When God anointed, what are the things He gives? First of all, 
He gives us the power. When the Holy Spirit comes on you, what will he give? We will receive power. And authority. Boldness. And confidence. For what? For what? To preach the gospel. Not to save yourselves. So that we will be secured in your house. God has anointed us so that we will go and preach the good news to the people. Jesus spoke with great authority by anointing. Matthew 7 verse 28 and 29 says, When Jesus has finished saying these things, the crowds were amazed at his teaching because he thought as one who had authority and not as their teachers of the law. So when Jesus taught them in the synagogue, they were all amazed because of their authority. It should be the same in our life as well. Amen? When you preach, people should surprise and astonished from where did the power came to this fellow. It is not by anything. It is by the anointing of God himself, Holy Spirit himself. Amen? Of course, the great commission is given to us in Matthew 28 verse 18. So, Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. The same authority is given to us. Even that was fulfilled or followed by Peter and John. As they were full of authority and their persecutors were astonished about their preachings. As we receive this anointing, we have great Boldness and authority while preaching, witnessing and in praying to the people we meet every day about Jesus. Acts 1.8 says, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the Ends of the earth. Secondly, anointing of the Holy Spirit gives the spirit of wisdom. It is good to have the spirit of wisdom. If we do not use the wisdom of God by the anointing of the Holy Spirit, We will return back from our ministry. That's what happens. So, we should be wise enough. Receive God's wisdom. That's why God promises and gives us the wisdom while He is anointing us. Generally given to those in leadership so that they will know how to exercise authority. And guide others in God's way. It is not only with the leadership. Even it also necessary for the parents, husbands, elders, employers and every believer 
need this anointing of the spirit of wisdom. Solomon pleased God when he asked for it. Second Corinthians, Corinthians Chronicles chapter 1 verse 10. He asked, give me wisdom and knowledge and I may lead this people for who is able to govern this great people of yours. So that should be our prayer every day, asking God's wisdom to lead the people. And also Matthew 22, 15 to 22, you can read. God gives this anointing those who ask for it. it he should ask it. It is not automatically comes to us. Every day we have to ask for everything. Even James exalts us in James 1, 5. If any one of you lacks wisdom... You should ask God, who gives generously to all, without finding fault, and it will be given to him. That is his promise. Thirdly, anointing of the Holy Spirit is the spirit of understanding. Understanding also, wisdom is followed by the understanding. To reveal the truth, the things of God, the disciples, as they know, they did not understand everything what Jesus has said to them. In Matthew 15, verse 10 and 11, sometimes even Peter asked him to explain. Matthew 15, 15, Jesus replied, are you still without understanding? If you, Matthew 15, 10 to 20, if you read, after the resurrection, when God followed these people, and they said to, he said to them, he explained to them the meaning of what he had said to them. As we read in the word, this anointing gives us the understanding of the scripture and opens the eyes of our understanding. So on the road of Emmaus, as I said, Jesus spoke to two men and gave them understanding why he had to die on the cross and be raised to life again. Luke 24, 36 to 45, we read it. In 1 John 2, 26, But you have an anointing from the Holy One, and all of you know the truth. In 1 John 2.27 says, As for you, the anointing you receive from him remains in you, and you do not need anyone to teach you. But, as his anointing teaches you about all things, and as the anointing is real, not counterfeit, just as it has taught you, remain in them, in him. That means, the Holy Spirit's anointing will help you shut out the false teaching and the false prophets. So, the, the, it, is, does not, it is not nullify the ministries of God, anointed pastors and teachers, as it is in Ephesians 4.11. So, we should not misinterpret this. The anointing in me is 
quiet enough for me to know the word. No one, I do not need anyone to teach me. That doesn't mean. Here the meaning is, the anointing will help you to identify the false teachers and the false teachings. Amen? So, every one of us, very specially, in the last days as we are living, we need the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Everyone is need of the anointing of the Holy Spirit. At the same time, we should, the same Spirit, the anointing, will lead us to open the scriptures and to know the truth. If your anointing in you is true, that will definitely lead you every day to open the scriptures, to know the truth, and make you to understand every truth so that you will know, the identify the false teachers and the false teaching. Amen? John 14:26. The counselor, the Holy Spirit comes. Whom the Father will send in my name will teach you all things and will remain in you of everything I have said to you. He will not only teach us, he will remind us of what we read or read. John 16:13 says, But when he, the Spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not only teach you, he will continue to guide you. So, the reading the scripture is very mandatory for each and every one of us. Fourthly, the anointing of the Holy Spirit is for the spirit of counsel. The spirit of counsel is the anointing of having the right word to say to a right person in need so that they might be greatly encouraged and edified. That is very important. It is not every time, any time, or anybody we can speak or ready to counsel. We should know the right person and we should speak the right word in the right time. That's most important. That counsel will come or it is possible only when you are anointed. That means when you are filled by the Spirit of God. John 15:26 as we read and also John 14:26 Fifthly the main ministry of the holy spirit is it is most important to build Christ like character in us we should be excited to know and have it Mark 3 11 to 12. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. He will thoroughly clean out his threshing floor and gather his wheat into the barn. But he will burn up the chaff with the unquenchable fire. The Holy Spirit fire burnt off all the above. That is, what are the things? 
so many unwanted unnecessary unrighteous ungodly things which accumulating in every christian life that has to be removed and not only removed that has to be that has to be burnt off if it is removed that will come again it has to be burnt off by the power of the holy spirit that is why the holy spirit is called as is the fire the fire to burn all the unwanted chaff the sins then the holy spirit also help us to have the spirit of love joy peace patience kindness goodness faithfulness gentleness and self control all this beautiful he develops in us so that you and me will be a loving person like jesus become joyful person like jesus all these divine virtues and the characters he develops in us it does not happen in overnight it does not happen like an instant miracle it takes us into glory to glory as we sang today is it not exciting you having a christ like character of nature of christ christ like nature christ like character filled with the spirit of the holy spirit a joyful life a happy life which will please him as well it will please others as well second corinthians 3:18 also says but we all with open face beholding as in the glass the glory of the lord or charged in changed into the same image from glory to glory as by the spirit of the lord sixthly the anointing of the holy spirit is a gift from god as we know as we seen in the beginning it is no it is a gift everyone desires to have many gifts but more than every gift we should have a desire to have the spirit of god in us that is the anointing of the holy spirit john 4:10 says jesus answered and said to her we know the story of samaritan woman it is talks about it if you know the gift of god and who it is who says to you give me a drink you would have asked him and he would given you living water so it is uh, followed by john 14 john 4 13 to 14 and continually you can read the scriptures second corinthians chapter 1 20 to 22 it all speaks about the spring or about the holy spirit of god which is the gift promised by god to us finally everyone in this body of christ is anointed with the holy spirit everyone in the body of christ is anointed with the holy spirit and we all need to give from god's anointing to each other amen 
and we all need to be able to receive the anointing that comes from other Christians as well. Ephesians 4, 11-16, you can read. The anointing is sacred. The anointing is the Holy Spirit. And all the believers in Christ have the anointing of the Holy Spirit. We must be, at the same time, careful what we say about our brothers and sisters in Christ. Very especially in the house of God. Matthew 12, 31. Therefore, I say to you, every sin and blasphemy will be forgiven men, but the blasphemy against the Spirit will not be forgiven to men. That is one of the sin which cannot be forgiven. So let us be very careful and take this as a warning. In Second Chronicles 16, 22-34 saying, Do not touch my anointed one and do my prophets no harm. Sing to the Lord all the earth. Proclaim the good news of his salvation from day to day. Declare his glory among the nations, his wonders among all people. Amen? It's not a wonderful promise to us. So once again, I say to you, it is in stages. It will not happen overnight. It will happen step by step. And it is in process. And you became more and more, and more like Jesus, who transforms only the Holy Spirit. He takes us into glory to glory. The Holy Spirit of God is in our midst. The Holy Spirit of God is in you and me. The same Spirit will Continue to guide us into your holy life. According to the promise of God, we are all chosen. Amen? We are chosen and set apart, consecrated for a divine purpose. The purpose is to fulfill the, the will of God in our life. We are chosen and consecrated to serve Him. After knowing, I believe, we will serve better than before. Amen? Amen. Let us close our eyes, prepare our hearts, as we are going to take part in the communion. Let's pray. God has anointed each and every one of us. Are we using the anointing? Are we glorifying God with it? Are we blessing others with it? Or are we just using it for ourselves? That's not the purpose. The purpose of God is that His gifts will be beneficial to all. Father, we thank You indeed because You have chosen us unto Yourself. And Lord, with that choosing, You have Equipped us with the anointing of your spirit. And Father, we want to pray this afternoon.
that the grace to go and function in the unction that you give to us, you will grant to us in the name of Jesus Christ. Lord, from this day, cause us to begin to do exploits that your name will be glorified. Jesus' name we pray. Let's open our Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter 11. As we prepare for the communion. 1 Corinthians chapter 11, I read from verse 23. For I have received of the Lord that which also I delivered unto you. That the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take it, this is my body which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. After the same manner also he took the cup, when he had supped, saying, This cup is the New Testament in my blood. This do ye as oft as ye drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as ye eat this bread and drink this cup, ye do show the Lord's death till he come. Wherefore, whosoever shall eat this bread and drink this cup of the Lord unworthily shall be guilty of the body and blood of the Lord. But let a man examine himself, and so let him eat of that bread and drink of that cup. For he that eateth and drinketh unworthily eateth and drinketh damnation to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. For this cause, many are weak and sickly among you, and many sleep. For if we judge ourselves, we should not be judged. Praise the Lord. The communion we have uh, first week of every month is not just uh, a ritual, it's a command of the Lord. It's an ordinance of the Lord. And it is for those that are his disciples, those that are born again and have given their lives to him, and he is their Lord and Savior, and have submitted to water baptism. Also, we also need to examine ourselves that there are no unconfessed, unforgiven sin in our lives. That is what the Bible says, eating and drinking unworthily. We ought to examine ourselves. Anything that will prevent us from His presence, from heaven, also will prevent us from the communion. And so every time we come for the communion, we have to examine ourselves. Ensure that we are right with Him. And it is a preparation for his coming. That's why he said, any time that we have it, it should bring us to the remembrance of his death for our sins, but also of his what? Coming. Of his coming. And very many times in the uh, busy activities of this world, Believers are no more looking for His coming. Praise the Lord. But we want to be people that look for His coming. 
Because he will come for those who are doing what? Looking for him. So we need to be looking upward. Because one day we will have this communion, not here, but what? With him. At the marriage supper of the Lamb. We cannot take our focus from that day. Let it not just be something that we come here, we just partake, but it should bring to memory the great gathering of the saints. And my prayer is that none of us will be found missing on that day. That when he will come to gather his own, when we will fly off in the rapture, none will be left behind. You see, when it happens, the, the, the people left behind, there will be a lot of confusion. Because you can imagine that a pilot may be a believer. Do you know that? And my God, a driver may be a believer. So many things will happen. But don't be found here then. Where should you be found? In the air. Caught up in the air. Everybody say caught up in the air. Say God, make me ready. God, make me ready. Not just for this communion, but for your coming. Make me ready, not for only the communion here, but for your coming. Why don't we pray that prayer? Father, we thank you for the opportunity to partake of your table. Lord, as we come before you, we are asking that whatever will hinder us from your presence, that that blood that you shed on Calvary will avail for each and every one of us, and make us ready not only for the communion this day, but for your coming at every time. And cause us to be people that are looking upward, looking for your coming. So that we will not be taken by surprise. That whenever the trumpet shall sound, we shall be caught up with you. Let that be our portion in the name of Jesus Christ. Bless and sanctify the communion and may it strengthen our faith. And cause us to love each other the more and love you the more. Let your name be glorified. Jesus' name we pray. Let's come quickly now.
to the table of mercy. We bread with the wine and the bread. All who are hungry and thirsty, come and your soul will be fed. Come and the Lord in with
as we leave this room in the name of Jesus Christ. Let your name be glorified. In Jesus' name we pray. Let's rise up for the grace. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us now and forevermore. Amen. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow us all the days of our lives, and we shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever and ever. Amen. Go in the power of the Lord.